podcaster. I hardly know her. (laughs) Meet Megan Bryant. She's an entrepreneur, a single mom of four young kids, a comedian, a super energetic improv trainer, and an award-winning author. Megan is passionate about creating happier, healthier human connections through humor. This podcast dives into all sorts of topics that tackle personal growth, professional strategies, and sharing positive messages to build up the communities around us. Each of us can make an impact. So keep in mind that you don't have to be a big deal to do big things. Thank you for tuning in. This is the I Hardly Know Her podcast. And here's your host, Megan Bryant. This is an episode that I recorded on the go, and so there are some ambient noises of the car, and just, it's been such a great few weeks, and there's so much connection between the things that I've learned in the space of comedy that just really have overlap in so many different ways in my professional life of other things besides being a comedian, Um, which sometimes in my brain, admittedly, I still categorize things. And because I've never been able to just make a ton of money as just a professional comedian, um, it's been in so many different pockets and looks so many different ways using that creative strategy um, that I sometimes find myself justifying it or still separating it from um, the professional world. And the truth is, in the last few weeks, um, I've been working on some new projects. I have a new role with the Idaho Women's Business Center. And it's just the most interesting fit of a job where I get to use all of the creative stuff um, from my comedy world, from that humor, from the wellness that I find as a very critical component of using humor and comedy in the workplace, and especially when I'm teaching my improv stuff. We need connection. So I am just so in love with the fact that I have a new project, a new job where I get to bring together all the different things from my comedy world and my experience with a lot of different types of jobs that I've had in the past with banking and finance and managing grants and and just being creative with project management and being able to take an idea and turn it into a thing. And so all of that to say, this was just a fun episode that I kept wanting to do and I have not been so strapped for time and mental capacity um, to be able to organize my thoughts into something that's hopefully uh, even to uh, comprehend it, comprehendable, is that the right word? And so here it is, it's not super long, just um, a couple of tips of things that I learned in the comedy world that I see with practical um, application in my everyday life. And so enjoy. I started doing stand-up comedy about, man, almost 10 years ago. And I had been doing improv comedy for a while by then. And when I was watching some friends do an open mic in Meridian, Idaho, uh, one of one of my friends was hosting that night and he called up the next comedian and it was me and I had nothing prepared. I was just there watching. I was just um, observing, kind of thinking a lot about how stand-up looked really hard and and I wasn't actually thinking of doing it um, because improv and stand-up are very different and so there I was he called me up to go next and I kind of 
fumbled through telling some stories about traveling and it was only three minutes. It felt a lot longer. Uh, at the time though, there were the, the sets were just three minutes long. And so boy, what's the worst that could happen? So thankfully I didn't shut him down. I'm glad that I said yes to the opportunity, even though I was really shocked in the moment and uncertain because I had no prepared material. Um, but it was really fun experience and scary and eye-opening. And then, of course, I continued doing it. So over the years, I have found a lot of different parallels in everyday life that you can find in comedy. And so this episode, I'm going to unpack four of them that are pretty common in how they show up in my life in a lot of different ways. And most like frequently. So when I very first started, I have to say, like, I'm a little bit of, like, I really like to understand how to do things to be the best possible, the quickest way I can, and to be as professional as I can be. So when I really started to be interested in stand-up after that first little endeavor, I found a, actually a friend referred me to a stand-up comedy class that was part of the experimental college um, programming through Washington State or University of Washington, one of the Washingtons. Uh, it was in Seattle, and it was a just like a a week long class where you could go in the evenings and learn about stand up. So I signed up. It was led by this really great comedian friend of mine, and now still a longtime mentor, Stu Stewart, and he um, ran. It was three three or four nights for several hours. And then we had a class um, show at the Comedy Underground in Seattle. And we, we prepared from scratch on our first night. We jotted down types of things that we wanted to make jokes about and learned a lot about the behind the scenes. Like we learned microphone etiquette. We learned how you're supposed to interact with the MC and just some general things like the mechanics of how a show works so that on the night of this show, all of us brand new people and some people who were not even interested in doing stand up for an ongoing thing, they just wanted the experience. And yet we were being set up in a way so that that show at Comedy Underground would be as professional as a regular legit comedy show. And so I loved it. I just gobbled up that experience. And and of course, I've never looked back. I've just always figured out um, ways to keep the performance side of, of my life. And I do a lot of public speaking. And it's been super beneficial in a lot of different ways. So the four things that um, are some very helpful principles that have come away from stand-up. Number one is all related to time and timing. When you are performing stand-up, there is always going to be an expectation of how much time you are allotted, and it's really strict. You're not supposed to run the light. They call it run the light. If you are given you commonly a red light, or sometimes if you're in a piece of crap place, it might be someone with a cell phone flashlight in the back, when they give you your two-minute warning or however long left warning that you need to wrap it up and honor the time that you have been given. You don't get to just go willy-nilly as long as you want in that format. Um, so if you run the light, it is very disrespectful of the whole system and the other comics and the people who came to see the show. Because um, once you start telling jokes in the stand-up world, 
a lot of it you can tell you start to know like how long the certain joke is or how to stack your set and so if you are disrespectful of the time it can throw off the rest of the show um, and it kind of just makes you in that moment look like a jerk so there's that frame of reference as far as whatever time you have be respectful of that time and make the best use of that time um, that you possibly can as along with that line though with timing there's a lot to be said about the timing of jokes so sometimes it's not necessarily even that the words that are being said are that funny they're just being structured in such a way that the timing is there to allow people to get involved in your story so commonly a joke is set up with uh, a setup like a premise and a punchline and then when it is in a certain format like some people are probably naturally just a really good comedian or they're very funny storytellers and it's just um, that much better when timing of comedy is respected that you there is actually a strategy a setup a punchline or that the, um, the joke comes in the threes where there's one thing that is um, a common statement a second thing that is in that same realm and then maybe the third thing is the thing that's way out of left field and that's where the funny comes from is because it's something that's a little bit unexpected so there's a lot of structure that is built into the world of comedy and um, and timing is a really important component the second thing is the second um, item is to find your own voice even though I was really comfortable on stage and that part wasn't a huge challenge for me it has still taken many years to really really find my voice in how I want to perform comedy and along the, with that you have to base your material in your own truth so comedy works when you are connecting with people and people can only connect to you if you are sharing what is true for you so of course there might be some things some elements that are exaggerated to heighten the sensation of the story if it's not rooted in truth it won't resonate with your audience and so um, you, you have to just really be true to yourself and what you want to deliver what you want to joke about and so some people will tell me like I hear all the time oh boy I have a joke for you or I could tell I could give you a whole routine and I'm like well, no you could do that routine it just wouldn't be as funny or possibly funny at all for me to regurgitate your 30 years of being a mail carrier because I'm not a mail carrier like that's just one example but a lot of times people are like oh my gosh I should tell you about this time that this thing happened and I might think it's funny to hear them telling it from their lens their perspective because they're the ones that experienced it for me to regurgitate that is not going to have the same impact and the ability to connect um, and earn the, that trust of your audience if it's not my content if it's not your story you have to be careful about how you tell it it still has to be rooted in your truth and I find too a lot of that is just the awareness of how I tell my story um, so the same joke that I might try a different emphasis and I have been like for example I have some newer jokes uh, that uh, involve divorce and only from that self-deprecation Here's the other thing is people get on board with you with that truth of yourself if you're really being genuine and taking ownership of your story and not just like blaming 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 you can put some jabs in there but certainly 
the funny stuff and the relatability comes from when we can have those common pain points. And so sometimes it's in the way that we say the words. So I have this one joke that um, essentially comes to the point where I'm relating myself to a Roomba vacuum in how I look back on how my marriage was. Because in the end, no matter what, no matter which direction I rolled or whatever I tried, I still always sucked. So there's that way of saying it. The very first time I said that joke, I was really overly um, dramatic about it. And I was like, no matter what I tried to do, I just sucked. And so it was a little bit more of like a kind of a crazier character. But the, see the difference of that to just be like really in that moment and nonchalant about it. Just be like, well, ugh, no matter what I tried, I just always sucked. Versus, oh, I just, no matter what I did, no matter which way I turned and no matter what I suggested, I just always sucked. There's just a really different energy around it. Not to say that either of them are wrong. I was just very observant at the way that the audience reacted to each of those deliveries so that I can fine tune the way that I tell my stories in a way that is allowing people to connect with me. Um, so that is part of it. There's a lot of the, these little elements within finding your own voice. And those are the key nuggets is really being true to your story and finding the way to connect and have some of that, um, some of that self deprecating factor because then it allows people to come into your space because you're not talking down to them or treating it like your story is any more important than other people. It's really truly priming it up into your perspective in a way that can um, connect your audience and allow them into your story. Number three is something that I really enjoy and it's that I feel there is such strength in numbers. I have put on performances for very small audiences and it makes me way, way more nervous than a room full of hundreds of people because there is strength in numbers. Not only is laughter contagious, and so of course, if there's more people, you're more likely to have a handful of people that can relate to more of what you're saying as an individual. And then when the laughter starts, everyone just sort of collectively gets on board together. If there's fewer people involved, um, it is, sometimes more challenging to connect and so when I talk about strength in numbers in a comedy show the more the merrier obviously because it's just so fun to feel that collective energy of a group of people laughing and enjoying one another and sharing stories I see how often that equates into other areas of my life with like business projects or when I get to collaborate with other women on a certain project or the way that I stack a show um, when I used to coordinate more, you know, not as often do I coordinate um, full lineups of multiple comics on a show. When I do, I find it's really important to understand where each other's strengths are and what our storylines are and how the sweet spots can flow from one to the next to the next in the best way possible. And, and, and in as many ways as possible, bring it together so that we are supportive and stronger as a, as a group. Um, collaboration can be a really, really amazing thing, especially when you know your strengths and how they differ from other people so that you can enhance the full experience by shining in your strengths and letting other people shine where they are strong. Um, so winning together is 
a really fun experience, and I love that. People commonly talk anymore about finding your tribe or, or surrounding your people that are very like, surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded. Um, there's so much truth to that. And in reference, again, tying this back to the, the previous note about finding your voice, when you are really true to yourself, and the type of character or persona you want to have when you're on stage or when you're just sharing stories the way that you carry yourself um, in social media and when you interact with people one-to-one, you will attract those types of energies, the same type of thing that you are putting out there. Those are the types of people that will naturally start gravitating towards you. And so you don't have to appeal to everyone you will start to be able to build, build your network and your tribe and all those whatever buzzword you want to use by being very true to yourself. Um, when I used to, I'm still kind of marrying these two together, finding my voice sometimes was challenging because if I was in a certain audience and then I thought maybe because I look a certain way or whatever preconceived notions I was almost projecting on other people that I thought I had to deliver a certain way, um, then it just skewed the true authentic nature of myself because I was trying to do what I thought they wanted instead of just really honing in on being who I need to be so that the, that the right people will start to merge with me. I hope that makes sense. I'm sure it probably is, and I probably didn't even need to necessarily reinforce it. I just know that now I know exactly the types of shows that are the best fit for me and the way that I perform my comedy um, from being really true to myself and really listening to that audience feedback and never blaming the audience if a joke bombed. It just wasn't the best connection for that particular audience and, and for that setting for me. And the last thing, the fourth thing that I want to talk about is walking with purpose. Now, calling back to that very beginning when I talked about that um, workshop that I did in Seattle with Stu Stewart, he was giving me some words of advice as we were walking one night. I had met him for dinner, and I was the only person from out of town. Other people were just like students at the university or lived in the Seattle area, and so I actually flew myself in for that class. So we had had dinner before the show, and as we were walking in the dark in the winter towards the club, he gave me a piece of advice that I think of often, and it is to walk with purpose. He's like, especially as a woman, when you are out in the dark at night or wherever you're going, you need to carry yourself in such a way that you you have intention. So you won't be as likely to get messed with if it looks like you know exactly where you're going. You are carrying confidence, and you just stay um Stay, stay focused on your goal of wherever you are heading. And that is so true in life, is really, truly walking with purpose, keeping focus on what our intentions are. Sometimes this is kind of like we don't always know exactly every step of the path when we know what our goal is, but we have to just keep heading towards that goal with confidence, with passion for the purpose that we are serving, with the why that drives us, and carry that intention, that confidence, as we're learning and figuring things out. Like, I might be super nervous, and in fact, I am a lot, especially with a really busy workload with a variety of types of projects that I have on my plate right now. 
I'm really nervous sometimes that I will fall short or that maybe my deliverables are not as amazing as I wish they could be. And But I know what the motivation is, and I know um, a big picture of where I want to be in one, three, five, even 15, 20 years from now. I will envision where my intentions are heading and just trust the process along the way so that I can every day and in every capacity, personally and professionally, truly walk with purpose. And in doing so, it just helps me to be more effective with my time, more attentive to my relationships, um, and strategic with how I can be the best Megan possible in every capacity that I can and acknowledge those things that I need to shift to stay on track with what I hope to achieve. So there they are. Four of the tips that I've learned from stand-up comedy. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed those. And as always, thank you so much for spending time um, in this busy, busy space of life. Um, I really wish you well in your journey. Whatever projects you're working on, whatever dreams you have, picture them in your mind of whatever your best case scenario is and just focus on that. And I hope that you can keep taking steps towards whatever that big, exciting purpose is that you're hoping to fulfill in your, your life. Thanks for listening to the I Hardly Know Her podcast. You can follow along with all of Megan's shenanigans at meetmeganbryant.com. I'm Sean Hancock with RecycledMindsComedy.com. <laughs>